Welcome to GMI, the Guitar and Music Institute, episode number seven. We need to talk about improvisation. My name is Jed Brocky, and over the next half hour or so, I'm going to be talking about a subject that a lot of people find confusing and find really difficult to understand, or perhaps have tried for many years to improvise but can't really get their head around it or make much progress. So hopefully uh, how I have actually dealt with the subject and developed as an improvising musician can help you in your uh, quest to be an improviser. Or perhaps you're already an improviser and you just want to hear someone else's point of view. If you are listening to this on iTunes, that's fantastic. I would encourage you to go over to the Guitar and Music Institute website, www.guitarmusicinstitute.com and uh, see the extra materials that are on the podcast episode page. Improvisation. So what indeed is it? What is the definition of this? The Oxford Dictionary says that it is to create and perform music, drama or verse spontaneously and without preparation. So that seems quite defined, doesn't it? Although I do have some reservations about part of what that says there, without preparation. Improvisation is something that anyone can do. You can do right now. Can you whistle a tune? If you can whistle, just whistle anything and you will be improvising. If you can do that, and I'm sure 99.9% of the people here listening to this podcast can actually improvise something, as long as you can whistle, then you can actually improvise. So where do the problems come in? Improvisation is something, uh, as a jazz musician, I've tried to do all my life and continue to try to do. And I think there comes a point in your life where you understand the language of music a a lot more than at, at the beginning, unless you're supremely gifted. So before I get on to the language, I just wanted to talk uh, about technique. Now I'm talking about this in terms of being a guitar player and hopefully there are guitar players out there listening to this. If you want to improvise, be an improviser or you feel your improvisations are not all they need to be, then hopefully I'm going to shed some light on this. Technique is something that is... A gateway to expression. That's how I define technique. Technique is a gateway to expression. So if I have a technique built over the years, playing scales and arpeggios and sequences and all sorts of musical tools like that, if that allows me to explore areas that someone else hasn't been able to, then it means that I have a potential gateway to expressing musical concepts and ideas that that other person wouldn't. And likewise, if someone can do certain techniques and ideas and concepts that are technically beyond me, then obviously I would not be able to express myself in that musical way either. So it's about expression. Technique should lead to expression and many people that I've listened to over the years and seen even way back when I was at college 30 years ago, there was people that were technically really amazing. 
But when it came to actually playing something, they just couldn't do it for some reason. It was really bizarre. The most amazing technique, whizzing all over the, the actual fretboard. But when it came to actually taking a solo, they were lost. They didn't know what to do. If that's you, then hopefully I'll be able to give my insight into it and hopefully it'll help you. Everybody needs technique. As I say, it's the gateway to expression. When we improvise, we're expressing ourselves. We're playing a sum total of everything we've ever done in music. It's very uh, pure in that sense. If you've pressed the accelerator pedal and there's not a lot there, well, perhaps you haven't had the experience and the time to build up to build up the knowledge, the, the instantaneous knowledge, if you want, to actually say something that you feel is meaningful. That doesn't mean to say, however, that it isn't actually meaningful. It's just your take on it. So how do I think about improvisation? Fundamentally, I think of music and the playing of music and improvising as a language. No doubt you've heard that said many times, that music is a language. And we can actually relate this to learning another language, whether it's German or French or Portuguese, whatever language is not your first language. And if you go on to then try to learn another language, you don't start right away, right in there, just speaking fluent French, for example. It just doesn't work like that, does it? You start off with a couple of words and then you build those words into sentences and you'll learn sentence structure, you'll learn grammar and then eventually you'll begin to, you'll get to a stage, maybe you're going to be speaking, to, if you're learning French, you're going to actually start speaking to some French people, you're going to be in the company of those people. So you've been learning French for a wee while and you know, you've got your, you've got a whole bunch of words together and you've got quite a few phrases together. And then everyone's talking and it's going so fast and you've got your one phrase and you, you just find you can't put that phrase in at the right moment or if you did, it just wouldn't make any sense. Now, if you think about that in terms of music, it can be, it, well, it's very, very similar. For example, guitarists in jazz and also in rock, in just about any popular form, you're going to learn licks, guitar licks, phrases short phrases so yeah you learn your scales and then from your scale and your arpeggios and from that you can then start to build up phrase patterns ideas and that's when you go along to the gig or you're jamming with your friends and you can't quite get the phrase that you've learned to fit into the music it never quite works that was my experience at the beginning the reason for that is because you're not you're not actually speaking fluently in the language. If you want to speak the language fluently, you have to go and speak it in the country that it's spoken. And that country, in terms of music, is playing music, live music. If you want to be an improviser, the best thing you can do is go and improvise with other musicians. Put yourself in that space now, I know that sounds like I'm just stating the absolute obvious, but I have come across many, many people who just woodshed in their rooms and never actually get out there and play. The other thing about playing live music with other musicians, in my case it was jazz, is that 
you can then, as you become more fluent in the language, respond in real time to things that are happening around you, or indeed you can make things musically happen. And if you think about that in terms of language, that's what happens when we become fluent in another language. Here's a couple of examples to think about. Let's say you want to, if there's a certain word you're going to use, no. Now, no is a word that can be used in many, many ways. It has many, many meanings in a sense. It's a negative, but it can be as a positive, can't it? No. Well, is that negative? That doesn't sound very negative, does it? No. Absolutely. No. Now, no there definitely is not. Now, music and the way we use the phrases we have, once we're more fluent in the language, can be used in exactly the same way. In other ways, we can use words to suggest something in a comical fashion by putting them in a a scenario, a verbal scenario, that doesn't actually fit. And that's where comedy, I guess, lives, doesn't it? You, You can have exactly the same effect by playing a tune. For example, I used to play in a band called the Scottish Guitar Quartet, or SGQ, and sometimes we would, for a laugh, say how many times we could put a certain phrase into a solo throughout the evening over the solo sections and it may be something silly like you know within an actual jazz solo so there's an example of using something that's probably not appropriate but done uh, against another harmonic medium can sound quite funny I'm sure you're all sitting there absolutely wiping the tears from your eyes with that joke there but what I'm trying to say to you is There's so much nonsense talked about improvisation and people can make a lot, or people have made and do make a lot of money from making the things so complex. Now, it's a difficult one to really go into because it's to improvise. It says in that definition that there is, it's without preparation. My problem with that is when you improvise, you've been preparing all your life. When I improvise, I may not say anything original or say anything musically that I haven't said before. But because I'm in the moment, it actually has a a power, hopefully, and a honesty that isn't like I'm reciting a speech. So if you are in a rock band and you learn a solo and then you play it note for note the same way, which is probably, you know, if you've got a following... People like to hear the songs, the solos from the songs, exactly as is. I mean, you're reciting there, aren't you? You're not, it's called a solo, but it's a, a solo recital. It's not, you're not just creating something in the moment. But even if you are creating something in the moment, you're creating it from all the ideas that you've ever thought of or played or practiced in the years that went before. And this has to be true, because if you think about it, the words you use... 20,000 words or 30,000 words a human will know in their own language. It's the same words that we're using time and time and time again. And right now I'm improvising. I've got a a topic and I've got a parameter. And that means I'm going to talk about this subject. All the words that I'm, I'm using to speak to you right now, I've used before. 
There are no new words. And the phrases that I'm using and the way I'm putting these phrases together, there's nothing new in any of that. If I wanted to create emotion, I could say it, I could say it very quietly or I could say it very loudly. And that that's a dynamic control. If you think about that in terms of music and soloing, you know, it's a spontaneous creation of melody. Well, it, it is, but it, it's not. It, it's a, a bit of everything. It's, it's based on everything you've ever done. Everything you've ever practiced, every gig, all you know, everything that has made you the musician you are when you solo, that comes out, and that is the truth. So the other thing about improvisation, once you do get to the point of knowing your scales and arpeggios, you're fluent across the neck, and talking about the guitar here, you can play in every key, you've played numerous styles of music, you've played maybe in rock bands and pop bands and you played in jazz bands. Once you get to a, a level where you can speak without music, without thinking about what you're doing, then you truly are beginning to speak the language. Most of the time when I'm improvising, unless it's a fiendishly difficult chord progression that I've never heard before, I'm actually not really thinking of anything. Although in the back of my mind, I can hear the chord progression if I've played the tune before. I guess I can hear that and I'm playing against it. And I always think that improvisers, to improvise, you've got to be a bit of a soothsayer. You've got to see into the future. And you have to see into the future and react against it very fast. Now, the other part of that is that you ha you need to be at one with the instrument. All that time that I'm talking about in terms of using practice time up to learn your scales, rather than just using that for the sake of playing scales or arpeggios or intervals or sequences. What that ultimately means is that when you hear something in your head, you can replicate it on your instrument. So you know if da da if that interval there da 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 that's called a fifth, a major fifth. You know how to play that in any way right across the instrument. That improvisation is part and parcel of everything that you've ever done. Improvisation is based on your technique and it is a way of expressing yourself. So the question is for many people, how can I become a better improviser? It's different for every single person, but you do need to be on the instrument a lot and you do need to do all the legwork, all the usual stuff which everyone will tell you. So it's a little bit of a paradox because you have to learn all the scales and modes, but to become a good improviser, you need to actually forget all that. Seems really perverse, doesn't it? You spend years and years and years learning about harmony and theory and rhythm, how it makes sounds. And, and then when you actually play, you've got to forget it all. One thing that really helped me at the beginning was just taking simple tunes, very simple tunes, and learning them all over the neck and in every position on the guitar neck. That wasn't particularly my idea. I remember seeing Joe Pass. I, I was about 17 years old, and Joe Pass came to the town that I live in, Edinburgh, and it just so happened that I had bought a Joe Pass guitar. It was an Ibanez Joe Pass. And uh, Joe 
came over from Paris for one night only, and he walked right by me. He was quite a small guy. He must have been no more than about five foot four, five foot five max. What a fantastic uh, evening that was, uh, seared into my memory, because I just listened to Joe pass all the time. Joe took a, he was playing the guitar, he took questions and answers. Well, one, there was a couple of classical guys in front of me, I remember, and the the question they asked was, why do you use a pick? And he said, well, if I didn't use a pick, I wouldn't be able to play anything. <laughs> he then, I remember, he went on to stop playing with a pick, as as I can remember. He went on to just using his fingers. But Joe's advice in terms of improvisation was learn the tune, learn the chords, the harmony behind the tune, learn how to play it all over the neck. So what I did was I went out and bought a book of Scottish reels and jigs. It seems a million miles away from jazz guitar, but they were really fantastic. There was a a book which I still have called Cares Merry Melodies, and it's just packed full of badly sort of printed old Scottish reels and jigs. They were really great because it, it gave tonal centre. It really put that tonal centre right down, you know, so it's in A major. And you, I would le- I learned them in as many places as I could at the time all over the neck. And they're in 6-8, 4-4, 2-4, and three, uh, three, four, the, the different types of songs. And I found that really, really helpful. And I think for everyone, it's important to get the basics down. I hear a lot of young players and they can play every altered scale and they can do, you know, all sorts of, of stuff. But there's no real core to it all. So learning simple tunes to begin with is a great grounding. And I would still recommend Scottish or Irish reels and jigs to anyone out there. You can get them now all all on the internet. Learn simple tunes in as many different keys and in as many different positions on the neck as possible. Because the more you do this, I always think learning music and becoming a musician, it's a bit like a, a riverbed, you know, with sediment falling on it. It builds up over time. Nothing's ever wasted. All of those little ideas, you know, music's music for me it doesn't matter what kind of music it is it's it's all kind of the same so i'm talking about western music here that's all stored away and it it came in and it does come in useful throughout my life i don't know how much of a celtic influence my compositions have but it was it it really helped get me on the way to just hearing simple things and being able to then play them. The other thing about improvisation is that I think there are so many difficult ways of thinking about it. For me, the main scales are pentatonics, both major and minor, however you want to think about it, the major scale, the melodic and harmonic minor, the whole tone, and the diminished scale. And and from that, you can actually generate everything. So... I hear a lot of young players playing really awkward stuff, as I said earlier, or or quite dissonant music, but can't really hold down, you know, a simple melody. There's nothing. You're not going to go away whistling it. I don't, I'm not saying that you have to play music that is whistleable, or indeed memorable. Everyone can do whatever they want. It's up to them. 
for me, I I, I kind of like melodies that that I find that I can well approachable, I suppose. But if you take, for example, the melodic minor scale, I use that in in many different ways um, to create dissonance. So, for example, the melodic minor scale. We've got the jazz minor, the Phrygian sharp six, the Lydian augmented, the overtone scale, the mixolydian flat six, the Locrian sharp two, and the altered scale. So that's the modes of the melodic minor scale, and that's the names that have been given to each of the tones in the scale. So if you played C melodic minor from the second tone, that would be called a Phrygian sharp 6 scale. If you played the 6th degree, that would be called the Locrian sharp 2 scale. Now, I just feel all of that gets in the way of music. Is it not a good idea to know the scale be able to hear it and use it in various places over over various harmonic situations by using your ears more than just knowing a whole bunch of actual fancy names. For some people this might be heresy. I might have blown any small amount of credibility I had up in the air by saying this. But, you know, I, I, I don't really think if you take the major modes, you've got the Ionian mode, Dorian Phrygian, Lydian, Mixolydian, Aeolian and Locrian. I can honestly say I don't... The only modes that I've ever really given much thought to were the Lydian because I knew I could put that over a major sound so I put C Lydian, which is a G major scale, over a C major to get a Lydian sound with the, the sharp 11. hope this is not getting too technical. Also, the modes were helpful. If you think of a blues... One of the first things we ever do, you really, if you say let's play a blues in E, we're not actually playing an E major if the chords are dominant. E7, A7 and B7 if it's just a three chord blues. So I guess the scales you would use over that would be, if you were going for a more linear sound and not a real blues sound, would be uh, E mixolydian, A mixolydian and B mixolydian. But I found that the use of arpeggios to outline the harmonic structures uh, progression was a much stronger way of doing it and by using chromatic neighbour or neighbour tones diatonic and chromatic neighbour tones that actually filled in all the notes that I needed so I'm giving you my way of doing it I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't study and understand all the the mechanisms behind it I mean I love har- harmony read millions of books on the, on the whole thing. Not millions, but a lot. But I just feel that it's very easy to quickly become sidetracked with modes and what goes over this and what goes over that, and you're thinking all the time, and you're not listening. That's the crucial thing. If you actually learn to speak the language, you won't be thinking of anything. Just like right now, I'm not thinking of any grammatical rules whatsoever. I'm merely speaking and in perhaps a clumsy way, trying to get over uh, my point. And within that, there is an emotional context. By the way, um, there was something earlier that I was talking about, which was context, or I was at least alluding to it, context. Just to go back to my discussion about music and improvisation, 
as a language, the harmonic progression gives a context for the kind of ideas that you hopefully will be able to come up with. Some people ignore the the song altogether. I, I kind of think that's a bad idea. If you are of the opinion that regardless of what the chord progression and style of music that you're playing is and that you'll just play what you play, then ultimately I feel that could lead down what's going to lead down one of two paths. One is you're an utter genius and everyone will think you're an amazing, amazing person who's broken the mould. Or the other one is that all your solos start to sound the same. So I think contextualising your music is, is really quite important. So again, back to my, I hope I'm not boring you with this, my, my language example. If I meet up with a bunch of friends and we go out for a coffee, there's certain expectations of what we'll be talking about. Uh, so being a bunch of guys, it will probably be football, uh, not American soccer, the European game. It will be about work, just the usual things that men talk about. You know, the new the new tools they've got to... Or if it's guitarists, it'll be about guitars. Now, within that context, it's unlikely that I will be talking about intimate problems that I have. Or I would be talking about my childhood. Or talking about I'm not feeling well and, I'm, and I might... I, I think I might have a terrible illness. Or talking about a family member or something like that. So I'm contextualising my actual speech to the actual surroundings and the... The surroundings that I find myself, and that's why I think it's important to do the same in music. That your musical output, your improvisations, should be contextualised to the harmonic progression and the style of the music that you're playing. So, how do you go about contextualising things? Well, you've got to listen to the melody, and here's a very simple example of a context contextualising music in a way that wouldn't work. Let's say you're doing a little pop gig somewhere. It's piano, guitar, bass, and a singer, female singer. And you're doing Burt Bacharach numbers. You're not going to go and hit the distortion pedal and then go into your favourite melodic or harmonic minor modes, screaming all over the, the top of it. In a scenario like that, you would want to be influenced by the music that you've been listening to or playing along with and try and reflect that within within your solo. The ability to hear and almost mimic or at least reflect the music around you is, I think, a really important thing. And again, back to the speech thing, it's so true, isn't it, of uh, actually talking with friends or family. If someone comes to you and your family and they say they've got a problem about something, you don't start laughing your head off or going into a, a, a joke, uh, some joke routine that you have, do you? You would be empathetic towards them, you'd listen and you would speak in a, a voice that sounded both supportive and, and helpful. Or if you're with some friends or a dinner party or something, everyone's having a laugh, you'll have a laugh. Unless you're not that kind of person, but you get the idea. It, you, you're sort of reflecting those around you in the circumstances, and it's the same with, with music, that you will reflect, I guess, what is appropriate for the music that you're playing. If you're in a band that that goes and 
boats and you you know you're doing the ships and things like that well in many or if say you're in the theater there's many times when you'll have a solo and it will be x number of bars and you just got to play something that works within that because it's not really like a jazz gig or if you're playing heavy rock and you've got a open solo it's just a set amount how do i sum all this up obviously you need to work on your instrument you need to learn your scales and your arpeggios and if you're into modes learn your modes i certainly wouldn't tell you not to be you've got to learn all the the various harmonic devices learn lots of tunes learn lots of songs learn simple songs play them all over the neck try and sing along with the lines that you're playing sing the scales Make sure that you practice in all of the keys. That's really important. Not just some, but all of the keys. And there's no other way of say of there's no other way of wanting to get better than to actually play. If you go out and play, you will come on a lot more. Now, it's never easy. It's, I remember when I was telling you earlier about me being at music college. I remember going home once and saying to my partner, "Oh." I just can't play. You know, I was like 21 years old. I've been, I, I came to the guitar quite late. I was 15. I had a musical background but before that. So I've been playing for about six or seven years. And I was just distraught because I just felt I couldn't do anything. But as the years went by, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I got to the stage where at least I felt I could do something. You know, I feel that when I improvise I don't need to think about anything I'll just push the gas pedal and hopefully something that other people can appreciate comes out and so last thing I'd like to say is that music is clarifies things in so many ways and I think the sort of person you are will come out in music so if you're an uptight sort of person your improvisations and your music playing in general will probably sound uptight. If you're a more romantic person, I, gen- I genuinely believe that will come through. If you're an angry person, that will come through. It's very difficult, I feel, to hide who you truly are with music, but that's how I've, I have found it. By continually persevering, by playing in just about every musical scenario that I could think of, by constant uh, study through the years and thinking about music and also in terms of composition, which is a form of improvisation if you think about it, but it's over a longer period of time and there's there's time to craft that right down. Like John Williams said about his melodies, they don't just happen, he spends hours at the piano just crafting them. In composition you have that time to craft in improvisation it is immediate sometimes it will go right sometimes it will go wrong that's just life that happens and you learn from your mistakes and you will learn as time goes by you'll hear similar progressions being played over and over again in different tunes and everything that you've learned before will come back and be used in some way hopefully you found this of interest if you disagree with me or agree with me found this of use it would be great to hear your uh, thoughts. Improvisation is a, a a massive, massive part of my life. I love the fact that I can 
actually uh, go out and express myself in as best I can as a musician. It's all I ever wanted, I guess, to do, and it still is what I, I want to do. Thanks for listening. My name is Jed Brocky. It's been a pleasure having you listening to me today. In the next podcast, we'll be back to our usual format, which is my interviewing somebody interesting in the music world. So thanks for listening.